0: Welcome, beautiful mamas, to another episode of the Happy Mama Movement. Today, I want to talk about that perfectionist tendency we all seem to have as modern mamas. That belief that we have to get it right all the time, day in, day out, and if we don't, and when we don't, the guilt we feel. This is such a huge topic. I have, in my work over the years with mamas, I often found myself in tears as I learn how hard we are on ourselves. I hear women just beat themselves up so much for what they think they're getting wrong. In fact, recently, in a group of women that I held the space for, this was a conversation that we were having. And in an attempt to bring some clarity and some answers to these women, I stumbled across the work of Maria Golding. Maria shared with my mamas a very simple but powerful fact that completely changed these women's lives and my life. It completely changed how we feel about how we mother and how we show up and how often we are doing enough. I can't wait for you to hear this interview with Maria Golding, who is a midwife a mental health professional, and an amazing women's coach. This is the Happy Mama Movement with your host, Amy Taylor-Kabaz, author, Mama to Three, and editor of the Happy Mama magazine. In my mamahood journey, I have gone from an overachieving, addicted to busyness superwoman to finally slowing down, simplifying, and realizing that being a mama is the greatest self development teacher in the world. And after more than 15 years covering breaking news, I've swapped current affairs to inspiration and now bring you the best I can find every week to help us feel more connected as women as we raise our families because when we come together amazing things happen so welcome to the movement
1: well it all started when i became a pediatric nurse and i just i was from a big family so i've got seven seven siblings in my family and i was one of the elders and always loved looking after the younger ones and I had a passion with children, so I became a paediatric nurse. And during that time, I decided I wanted to try missionary nursing. So I went over to a remote village outside of um, New Guinea, Bougainville, and ventured into the remote jungles and really immersed myself with, you know, in with the mothers and their children. And I got to experience what the village life was like for the first time. And it was an amazing awakening as to how they naturally, mothers naturally had the support of the village elders and the aunties, and I, I just dropped into this awareness of how powerful that was and also how powerful it was to be in tune with, with nature and with a connection with children in their natural state and to just be. And wow. I took that back to me, yeah, back with me, and um, continued my journey of 30, 30 years professionally working with mothers and children all across from midwifery as a midwife right through mental health in the community and schools, um, private practice, and then into my own motherhood coaching and um, creating my own programs and children motherhood programs.
0: Wow. And in that time you became a mother yourself as well. And sometimes it's great to go to the communities. What an amazing experience that would have been. And it's great to study it, work in you know, as a midwife and as a maternal health nurse and all of those beautiful things. And then when you get your own babies, it's a whole new lesson, isn't it? Yes, yes, and that's right. And so I actually, you know, had my own
1: babies way back, you know, in the earlier stages of, of my career. So I was a midwife at the time. And so really from that experience of dropping into, you know, the mayhem and, You know, the big feelings that came up with having my own children and feeling so lost and alone uh, led me to actually explore further down the path and to do, you know, more study in the area and to explore, you know, what it is what is it that our children really need most um, to be able to reach their potential and what makes an amazing mother. It just, I realised how difficult it was as a mother and I wanted to know more.
0: Mm. Yeah. So the reason you and I connected is because quite recently in a beautiful closed Facebook group that I run with all the mamas that have done my program in the past, an issue came up around mothers and how we deal with our anger, our overwhelm, and that perhaps that moment where we tip over into behaviour that we wish we didn't embody at times. We all have those moments and those days where it's the straw that breaks the camel's back. We just break in one way or another. And I reached out to you to ask you for your advice for this beautiful group of women on how we can all move through that moment with grace. How can we pull it back? How can we find our our sense of calm again? And in that chat, you shared, perhaps not even aware of how profound this was going to be, but you shared a little fact that has completely changed the majority of women in this group. And there's over 300 in there. And this little fact... Could you share it with us? Because we were talking about the pressure we put on ourselves to be perfect, how often we do fall down and whether it's, I guess, to put it in perspective, what this really means as being a mum. Can you share with us what happened?
1: Sure. Okay, Amy. So what I did was I talked about what we know from the attachment science and that is that we only need to be in tune with our child 30% of the time to be a good enough mother. Mm. And when we do this, 30% 30% of the time we have a securely attached child. Our child is able to develop those skills where they know and like and trust themselves. They feel they're good in relationships. Um, they're able to have intimate relationships later on in life. They're um, confident in the world and are able to yeah, lead their own their own life as leaders in their own right as they venture into the world. It gives them that security to venture forth and be yeah, to be their best
0: selves. So we only need to what, get it right thirty percent of the time. <laughs> and that and that description of what we want our children to have through the attachment that they have as they're little with their parents, that's that's what we're all aiming for, whether we realise it's it's the attachment theory or not, is we want them to feel confident, we want them to feel safe, we want them to be able to develop strong relationships and bonds. Is that is that what you mean by that? Yes. Yes, well, it, it's really, yes, we want our children to be happy in the end. I mean, Most mothers say that to me,
1: I want my child to be happy. And really what they mean by that is is that um, they feel confident and that they also have a close relationship with them, which takes them through the teenage years and into the adult years so that they feel like their children still want to be in touch with them, they still want to be part of their life, and that the children are able to venture into their own life and have their own jobs and their own well-being and that they're okay.
0: That's the standard we we hold for ourselves, is this is what we want our children to be. But what we're doing to ourselves in trying to achieve that is thinking that we need to get it right all of the time. You know, every time, and I hear it so much, and I'm sure you do too, that when a mother doesn't behave the way that she would like. She feels like she's screwing them up. You know, there's this real sense of, oh my gosh, if I don't get this right, their lives are going to be ruined. And we put this crazy amount of pressure on ourselves. And so when you shared with me and with these mamas that the research shows that we can achieve that beautiful result of having confident and attached and secure adults by only getting it right 30% of the time. Yeah. That's just mind-blowing. That just changes how we feel about <laughs> this so much, doesn't it? So uh, Yes. Where why it, are we not getting this message? Well, that's why I'm talking about it and
1: why I feel so passionate about the work that I do because it's it's in the professional circles that I mix with, but I realize that you know, often the clients that are getting it are the ones that are really at the total end of the tether and, and rocking up to mental health service, services um, whereas the general community seem to be missing out so that's why I'm, I'm this is why I'm spreading the word mm-hmm. and you know it's so important Amy because you know when we feel guilty and shameful which is a really difficult emotion to bear then we carry that into the next moment and then the next moment and the next moment with our child which then causes more and more disconnection because we're bringing our perfectionistic state in and our brain state is, is at a lower state. If we could learn to, first of all, have this information so we know, okay, it's okay not to to, start, to get it right all the time, and then, B, we know what to do with those big emotions that we carry, our, carry ourselves, then we can be so much more present and our children will get what they really need.
0: It's truly amazing because when I ask mamas what type of mother they would like to be, There is always this very simple answer. I want to be present. I want to be connected. I want my child to know that they're loved and that they can come to me for anything. All of these really beautiful intentions, but how that shows up in their actions and the pressure they put on themselves each day actually takes them further away from that goal than they realize if yes. only we could understand on a true level that yes. we're getting it right, the way that we're doing this is enough. Um, it's almost like we know too much about particular mm-hmm. parenting styles. There's too many books out there. We've yes. got this really unrealistic expectation, don't we?
1: Yes, and, and Amy, it's all about dropping from down from our head knowledge into an embodied state, right, which I know you talk about that as well. And so we really you know, if we can get this information in a nutshell, we don't. We can put the books aside, and then just show up and be present with our child in a fully embodied way, moment to moment, and take it into the next, and just respond. So it's all about creating a safe, nurturing base for our children, where they can feel seen, heard, and understood. So we enter their space and really listen and really tune in. And then the other part of the circle, we call it the T.Here's a circle security training that. They talk about this. The other part is where they can explore the world. And so it's about witnessing them able to explore and then watching over them so that they know that we're keeping them in mind and then welcoming them to return to us when they need us. That's the cycle and the circle of how we do it. So really that's it in a nutshell, just getting those skill sets right, slowing down during the day and really noticing and witnessing and listening and responding to our child. And by doing that, they're getting that connection. We're doing that 30% of the time that we're with them, then we're done. Like we can screw up and do things not right and all that the rest of the time. And that's it. We have to learn how to tune into them emotionally. We have to learn to respond to them in a body way. Now, some people do that naturally. Some others have already nailed this and they're just worried. They're just Mm. worried well.
0: Mm. That's um, right. But,
1: but, yeah, but other mothers are really um, haven't had this wiring because of their own upbringing, and so it is a new skill set to learn. And oh. once they've got the skill set, they're often riding, it's like riding, learning how to ride a bike.
0: I would think that the vast majority of us out there are doing this right at least 30% of the time without even realising, but have, once again, this expectation on ourselves. So in terms yes. of the mother... If you're feeling like you are screwing it up, you aren't yeah. doing a good job, you really do have that fear of, I'm not getting this right, you said to drop out of your head and into your body and really embody this. Can you s- explain yeah. a bit more about what that actually is for a mama who's feeling really overwhelmed with not getting this right? Sure. So first of all, having the intention of doing it, Amy.
1: So this is what I'm intending to do. So it's going to feel clunky to start with until I get it wired up. And so what it is is really just going. Okay, I'm deciding to really listen to my child, see them through fresh eyes. And so what I'm going to do is stop, you know, five times today, and just watch my child get down to their eye level, um, really have good eye contact. It's kind. Have an open posture, my body open. Um, really listen with whole body listening. So when you're not just listening at one ear, you're actually like bodies responding to them. So it might be that you respond to their playfulness or you respond to their um, delight or it might be that you respond to their um, their worry. And so you really wish them. And so, yeah, so it's, um, it's about those nonverbal things as well as the verbal. A lot of it starts with nonverbal with children cause, because that's where their brains are wider, body first. And so it's about that eye contact, that closeness, that touch, the prosody of your voice so that it's like the tone, the pace and like the volume of it just in tune with how they are and just connecting with how they feel. Like, how are they feeling? Like, ask yourself how they're feeling and see if you can feel into them and sort of really tune into them and at the same time, keep a sense of your own self. So you're not getting lost in their emotions. You're keeping yourself how you are. And then, but you're also tuning into them so they get that sense that you get them. Mm. And then you're going to bring acceptance. You're going to show that whatever they're feeling, however they're showing up is Okay. You know, as long as there's not a safety issue, but you're just showing acceptance, which is really allowing them to feel like they are enough.
0: I absolutely love that you have said five times a day, I'm going to stop what I'm doing and bring my whole self with my child or children. You know, so often we talk about in this field, mindfulness, and there's all of these beautiful terms and drop out of your head into your body and all of this wonderful stuff. But when you are a crazy busy mama that's juggling perhaps work or stay at home work or whatever it is that you're juggling and you're thinking, yeah, I'd love to be a mindful and present mum, but I don't know how to do that. that That is one of the best, most practical tips I've heard is that if you just mindfully say, you know... Three to five times today, let's, you know, let's start as much as we can. I'm going to stop multitasking and stop what I'm doing and sit on the floor or sit with them while they do their homework or actually play with them in the park instead of being on my phone. If I just choose those times to really bring myself, then I know I've done my job today. That's such a great practical way of looking at it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yes, Amy, and even some some other research was talking about it, how it only could add up to being eight minutes a day and eight minutes a day, yeah.
0: (laughs) And that's enough, the research has showed. Yeah,
1: well, that's, that's some other research talks about just eight minutes a day when you're fully, fully, fully present with your child, everything, as you said, phone's off, everything's gone, and you are there. Wow. And if you do that really well, you know, that's also good enough. So... You know, you can take whichever ever figures you like, but it doesn't matter. I mean, the, the point is, as you said, just do it. Yeah.
0: And what I really love about this is that, you know, my podcast and my online magazine is, is not about parenting skills. There are so many things out there about how to parent a certain way. What this is a conversation about for me is the woman, the mother, the guilt, the perfectionist that we carry with us all the time and how... It's just not a burden we should be carrying and how important it is for us to be aware that what we are doing is enough. That is what is really important for this conversation, I feel. Absolutely, you know, because that is often the problem where, you know, because of the
1: high perfectionistic attitude that we have and the high, you know, superwoman expectations we have on ourselves and then project onto other mothers then we all hold that up for ourselves, which isn't okay. Mm. And so if if we can just, you know, drop that, be real, say it as it is, um, talk about how we feel. We all have those big feelings. We all feel, um, you know, difficult emotions. We all have bad days and crazy days and days that we just didn't even connect at all with our child. Then to actually be honest about that, but then also hold the bar for us to like you know, show up as our best selves as well and continually give ourselves,
0: you know, um, that level of self-compassion when we don't get it right. Absolutely. The other thing I really wanted to speak to you briefly about today is those moments where we don't get it right, where we are overwhelmed. Perhaps the straw has broken the camel's back. We do slip into that behaviour, that that outrage, whatever it is that shows up. You have a beautiful way of looking at and explaining how we should apologize to our children. Because yeah. this isn't about us getting it perfect all the time and never having to apologize because we are the Zen mamas that we all wish we could be. Yeah, <laughs> The exactly. fact is that we are going to have moments where we don't behave in our best way. What should we do in those situations? How do we actually use that as a way to teach our children how to apologise and how to show up and how it's okay not to be perfect.
1: Exactly, exactly, Amy. And that's really the point is that um, that by actually demonstrating this and demonstrating our vulnerability and how we stuff up, that we're actually giving our child such amazing learning um, because then they can take that into all their intimate relationships and friendships moving forward. Mm. So it's not actually, yeah, it's such wisdom to know that the more vulnerable you are, in a way that's you know safe and contained for your child, the actual better experience your child is getting than to sort of have it all together and oh, to I think that, that, yeah, that old school way of um, mm. mum knows everything, mm. and you know mums are the wisdom keeper. Well, in actual fact, it's turning it on its head and going actually. We can learn a lot from our children as well.
0: And it's that old thinking, isn't it, Maria, where all of the fights, all of the pain, all of the problems and struggles within a family used to be whispered behind the bedroom door by the adults. And yes. Children were never allowed to know what was really going on. And yes. um, there was this mask, wasn't there? And we yes. therefore had no coping skills about what mm-hmm. was really happening. We often yeah. created scenarios in our own head as children about what might be really going on. The most important thing here is to be honest and open and teach them, look, I don't know what I'm doing here either or whatever it is and allow them to learn through that. So how? what would we say? What would we say in those situations? Yeah,
1: okay. So I've, I've come up with these five steps for mums to follow. Mm-hmm. And um, so I like to use the hand as a model. So if we start with the thumb, mm-hmm. that's the nurturing because that's where you suck your thumb, right? That's the nurturing and that's about calm. So what we do, so we imagine, you know, that you've made a mistake with your child, you've said or done things that you regret and instead of just brushing it under the carpet and, um, and thinking, oh, they're right, they've got over it, Or, you know, I don't know what to say. Oh, look, I'll just move on and forget about it. We're actually going to go back and address that with our child because we didn't feel right about it. And we know that intuitively it's not okay. So we're going to start with calm. So approach your child when they are calm and you are calm. So if they're not calm, it's the time to help them regulate and sort of to be with them or, or give them space, whatever they need emotionally until they're calm. And then when they are, or maybe you've left them and come back. And you've, you're going to approach them then. Step two is the, the next finger, and that's feeling. So you're going to say what happened and how you felt. So you're going to, instead of just saying, I thought this or I thought that, you're actually going to say, this is what happened and I felt. So we're now teaching our child emotional literacy, And this is all about attachment and for them feeling secure in the world is is dropping into the emotional level. So we're now going to talk about how we felt. I felt really sad that I said that to you. I felt really guilty. I felt like shameful that I would do that to you. And then ask your child how they felt and really listen, like get down eye level, below, open. Really listen, so they're not going to be judged by you. They they have total permission to say how they felt, whatever it is. And then we go to the third finger, which is step three, and that's sorry, and that is tell your child that you're sorry, and that they're not responsible for how you feel or what you say or do. Now, often our children take that on board. They think that they caused Mummy to do this, or they, you know, it's their fault. Now, this mm. is not okay for them to take this through you're the adult and so even if they push your buttons it's your responsibility how you react and you know that's like you may have reacted badly which you have in this case it's just owning it all you need to do is just own it and then step four which is the next finger is needs and so you're going to ask them what they need from you you know tell them how you're going to meet their needs so you're asking and if they can't tell you're going to say what you think might be helpful and how you're going to do it differently next time. And so that gives them a sense of assurance that this is not just a pattern that's going to go over and over again the same way. Mum is actually trying her best. And like, I can do that too, right? Great modeling. Mm. And then step number five is self-compassion. And so with a breath of self-compassion, you tell yourself, you know, it's okay to be human. There's no way to be a perfect mother, but plenty of ways to be a good one. Mm. So that's where you're going to let yourself, the breath, ah, relief and bringing in self-love like, you know what, it's okay, I'm doing my best and that is good enough. And you know what, the fact that I've actually followed these five steps or I've said sorry in some way that I do say sorry, then I'm an amazing mother.
0: Yes, yes, that's the point, isn't it? It's not that you broke, it's the fact that you're now together with your child, learning how to heal and and learn from it that's actually the greatest lesson yeah amazing, amazing and as you were saying that I thought this is a great way for us to communicate with everyone in our life after we've behaved in a way we're not proud of so it's something we can use in all areas isn't it?
1: (laughs) Oh absolutely Amy, all of these skills are transferable to
0: partners and
1: friendships, they're all just amazing self-development skills
0: you're listening to the Happy Mama Movement. At the core of it, the Happy Mama Movement is all about one simple idea, that motherhood can be the greatest catalyst for change in a busy woman's life. So now for the big three questions. What has motherhood taught you about yourself?
1: Okay, so what I always say to mothers when they ask me this is that it taught me and brought out the absolute best and worst in myself, which has really taught me more of my capacity to feel, so more of my capacity to feel such a greater love than I ever realised I could and also such great terror and fear. Mm. So my shadow aspects of me, so it's helped me live you know, beyond and expand myself beyond that narrow level of living, keeping myself contained and safe, into much bigger, broader depths of myself, which means that I can shine brighter as well.
0: Oh, beautifully said. So considering all of your study and work in this area, I'm not sure that um, your insights were, you would have given yourself too much different advice, but I wonder if you could go back to yourself before you became a mother Mm, is there anything you wish you had known anything you wish you could tell yourself
1: yeah absolutely and look it's been a journey of learning along the way for me amy so for me i had to learn skill sets back then like i have more skill sets now than i did i wished i had Mm. back when my children were really little because that's the primary time where this whole attachment. And bonding stuff is is so great. It's such a great time to formulate that because it then takes you through all their developmental years and gives them everything right from the start. Um, but but you know it didn't, doesn't matter. Like I learnt things even a little bit later sometimes, and that, and I could catch up. And that's so, their brains are so neuroplastic. You can change. You don't. It's never too late. So I what I would say to myself back then is to find a good, really good mentor who could teach me. These skills around how to tap into myself emotionally, how to connect with my child in the best possible way um, and these micro skill sets, If I could have had someone that I really trusted as a mentor, um, I would have really loved that to feel Mm. like I wasn't so alone and so sort of groping in the dark with it.
0: Oh, that is such a beautiful reflection. I think that is what we... Oh, and would all need, and like you mentioned right at the beginning in that village community in Papua New Guinea, there's that elders around you, that's how we should have been doing this, instead of all alone in our homes trying to figure it out on our own. It's how it should be, isn't it?
1: Yes, absolutely, Amy, and and I didn't didn't find it easy to find those connections back Mm. then with this new, more connected, intuitive way, because... You know, there's still a lot of pressure to do things the strict behavioural way and I really experienced that. Um, back then we didn't have the internet so that's where my, my children are now 23 and 26. So um, mm. it's um, it's a different world that like I know now but yeah, it doesn't matter. It's it's all about um, having that level of support and feeling like you can rest into some really good wisdom and someone that you can trust who will support you or a group of people that can do that.
0: I love that line. Rest into wisdom. Yes, yeah. that's that's what we all need. And so, finally, what does being a happy mama mean to you?
1: It means to be able to open to change, mm. and so just bringing a lightness and loveliness, um, and such self compassion and forgiveness to ourselves, so that we can, you know, flow with all the things that happen, all the challenges, and just go. You know what? This too will pass. Mm. You know, everything changes and, and I know that I'm doing my best. And just to continue to be open to more and more self-knowledge and and, and self-growth in a way that's light and, and not so heavy on myself.
0: Beautiful, beautiful reflections. And I know that the little insights that you've shared, just how much we can let go of that perfectionist tendency as modern mothers is going to change so many women's lives. So thank you so much for the work that you do and for sharing it with my audience.
1: Absolutely my pleasure, Amy.
0: Thanks for listening to the Happy Mama Movement. To make sure you never miss an insight, please subscribe to this podcast And also pop on over to see the latest issue of the Happy Mama magazine at www.happymama.com.au.